You're listening to Give Your Life Away, a devotional podcast from Canyon Bible Church of Prescott designed to equip you with the truth of God's Word and encourage you in the pursuit of ascribing glory to Jesus Christ. Today we come to a new book in the Epistle Project. This is the book of Hebrews. I may sometimes refer to Paul as being the author. One, because I may slip, because so far this whole year we've only gone through Pauline epistles. But secondly, it's not really that bad of a slip because I personally believe that Paul is the author of the book of Hebrews. I know others take a different position. Uh, The early church considered Hebrews along with the rest of Paul's writings. They put it together with Paul's writings. They believed that Paul was the author. Many of them did. And so Hebrews 1, 1 to 14 is our first passage today in this great and wonderful book. So Hebrews 1, the entire chapter, verses 1 through 14. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He, Christ, is the radiance of the glory of God, and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is much more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you? Or again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, When he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And... You, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They all will wear out like a garment. Like a robe, you will roll them up. Like a garment, they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will have no end. And to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? What a privilege we have together to look at the book of Hebrews in the coming weeks. This book, written to a primarily Jewish audience, calls on them to put their complete trust in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ and the salvation that he offers in the new covenant is greater than the old covenant. Christ's sacrifice is greater than any of the Old Covenant sacrifices. So the reader of this letter is called to look to him and to him alone by faith for salvation. Now in this first section, the the section takes up the whole first chapter, verses 1 through 14. It's a fascinating chapter and can be studied for quite a long time. For our purposes today, I want to focus you on the deity of Christ detailed in this passage. Much of this chapter talks about how Christ is higher than the angels. He is greater in uh, magnitude than the angels. He, He is a greater being than the angels. And so in this passage, we see actually reasons to understand that Christ is God himself. He is deity. 
We specifically see five demonstrations of Christ's deity in verses 1 through 14, and that's what I want to go through with you briefly today. First, Christ possesses the essence of God. There's the first demonstration of his deity. He possesses the essence of God. Verse 3 says that Jesus is the exact imprint of his, God's, nature. If you want to know God, you look at Jesus. Second, the Son does the works that God himself performs. The Son, in this passage, creates, governs by his providence, redeems, and will finish our the, the plan of salvation. He will consummate his plan. So third, we also read of divine titles given to Jesus. So again, just to, just to rehearse these. First, Christ possesses the essence of God. Second, the Son does the works of, that God himself performs. Third, we read of the divine titles given to Jesus. God the Father calls him God in verse 8 and Lord in verse 10. Fourth, the Son not only does the things that God does, but he also has the qualities of God attributed to him. So the, 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 the third, or I'm sorry, the, the second example I gave you is that the Son does things that God himself does. Here in this fourth demonstration of his divinity, I'm telling you that it's not just that the Son does things that God does, but the Son is things that God is. The Son has the qualities of God attributed to him. Christ is unchanging. This is a quality unique to God himself. Nobody else in human history, nobody else is unchanging. In verses 11 to 12, the writer of Hebrews praises Christ for his immutability or his unchangeableness. Angels can change. We know the fallen angels went from uh, angels that were that were giving worship to God to, to angels that, that fell with Satan. So, so created beings change. Christ is not a created being. Christ is the unchangeable God. Fifth, the Son receives worship. Now, truly great men and women would not receive the worship that is due God. If there's, if there's truly a great man or woman, they would not receive the worship that's due God. Consider John the Baptist. Consider Paul. They would not let you worship them. Jesus evidently receives worship. Remember in John 20 when Thomas fell down and worshiped him as God, Jesus did not rebuke him. Evidently, that was the appropriate thing for Thomas to do. If Jesus was truly a good teacher and truly a good man, but was not God, he would never have let Thomas fall down and worship him. So the fifth demonstration of Jesus's deity in Hebrews 1, the son receives worship. But Jesus Christ not only receives worship, it's important for us to remember he is worthy of worship. He receives worship because he is worthy of worship. So, as the angels worship Jesus Christ, may you and I continue to worship him as our God. If you've been encouraged by the Give Your Life Away podcast, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you'll find us online at canyonprescott.org. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for Give Your Life Away. We are-